Hello, everybody. Welcome to Small Biz and Coffee. It has been a while, but we are here. So before we start off, if there's any audio troubles, please let me know. As always, I have <laughs> bad luck setting up live streams and technology always fails me. So it took me a while to set this stream up. So hopefully everything is going smoothly. I see we have some people already in the chat. And if you are new to Small Biz and Coffee, this is a podcast that I started probably about a year and a half ago, um, just for fun. And I kind of got busy. And <laughs> to tell you the truth, my internet has been really, really horrible in this new area. So I have not been able to like live stream successfully. But now we have good internet. So now I'm able to like test everything out. I see some people already in the chat. So um, that's really, really exciting. And if you are new to this, I am doing a YouTube live stream right now. But I always go back and I post the audio to my podcast platforms, which you can find on Spotify and um, Apple Apple Podcast. So hello, everybody for tuning in. So this is awesome. So I have let's just catch up for a second. So in today's podcast, I wanted to talk about um, how I pretty much grew my candle business. So the other day, I just kind of sat down and I wrote down like all the kind the little goals that I've achieved so far in my candle business. And um, I'm actually, I might take my glasses off because there's a glare if you're, <laughs> but I'm blind. So I'm going to try, you know what? I don't know if that's going to work because I have to see your comments. <laughs> I'm probably going to squint. But anyways, um, so... I wrote down all the little achievements and I and I was kind of like, how did I get that? How did I get to that point? So for instance, I wrote them down here in my little notebook. I wrote down, okay, so when did I start? What was my first achievement? You know, what happened next? And I was kind of thinking about it. And then I was tallying it all up and I was like, wow, a lot of these did not attribute from social media. And it's something that I've come across a lot teaching candle, new candle makers over the years with my candle business, my Candle Biz Academy course with, a, there's over 400 students in it now. So I have talked to a lot of people and plus people email me all the time. Um, and I try to help as many people as I can, but I am kind of busy and they'll email me with, you know, um, their difficulties with the candle business and stuff. And a lot of the times I come across people and not only candle business, but just many like small business owners. And they're like, well, I'm posting on social media and nobody's liking my stuff. It's discouraging. Or sometimes you'll scroll through, scroll through TikTok and someone you follow or someone you see maybe like, um, you know, last year I was able to get thousands of likes on my stuff and now nobody likes it and I don't know what's going on. And I feel like so much, um, so many people put so much emphasis on social media, your growth and everything. And to tell you the truth, I have never been a viral sensation. <laughs> and you probably look at my YouTube being like, well, you have 44,000 subscribers. And on Instagram, you have 12,000. I've been on these platforms for several years, Instagram since 2015, which I didn't, yeah, 2015 is when I started posting business stuff on Instagram. And then I started posting on YouTube in 2018. So that's four years. So I've been on these platforms for a long time. And I've never, I've had a few like little viral videos, but never like consistent viral content. So one thing I've noticed about myself is I just have a lot of 
content, I guess, just from posting over the years. So that's how you may have found me and other people. But if you do go and look at my numbers, it's not really, it's pretty average. Like my YouTube videos are pretty average. Um, you know, my Instagram, my TikTok. So I kind of came to the realization that, um, you know, I haven't been posting as much on YouTube. It's been actually 45 days since I've posted a YouTube video, but I am editing one as we speak. But last year, I kind of was thinking like, wow, I'm spending a lot of time on social media um, and it's not really doing much for me. Like when I go and look at all of the different accomplishments, not many of them had to do with social media. So I'm going to tell you in this podcast, like some things that I do and what I've realized very early on um, so that you don't feel like you have to, you know, just be on social media all the time, because I definitely feel like nowadays, um, it's something that you almost get pressured into because especially scrolling through TikTok, you see you see the viral people because that's who's popping up on your TikTok page, right? How often do you come across someone? Uh, every once in a while, you may come across someone with, you know, a couple views here and there, but most of the videos popping up on your page are probably already having a lot of traction, but there's still a lot of people out there who just don't get traction. And for me personally, I did have some, uh, when I first joined TikTok, it was pretty good. Um, But then as the years kind of went on, I did see the numbers drop off. And I feel like these platforms do almost play almost like, um, I guess you could say similar to like a slot machine, right? So you get on um, and then you create your first video. And more than likely, one of your first few videos when you first start posting is it may get a lot of views. And they do that on purpose because they hook you into the platform And then you're like, whoa, this video got 10K. I'm going to keep going. And then you keep going and you're like, hmm, I only got 500 views today. What's going on? And then you keep going, you keep going, keep going. It actually happened to my brother. I always thought that was kind of what they were doing. And then my brother finally joined TikTok. And one of his first videos, or was it Instagram Reels? It was one of them. Like his first video got like 200K views. And then he kept making videos that were very similar. And he was like, well, I only got 500 views. No one's watching my stuff. I'm not going to make stuff anymore. And I feel like that's something that's very common on these platforms. So I I definitely feel like they try to get you to keep making content. And they'll like give you a reward here and there. And there are some people who are just consistently viral. That does happen. But for the most part, that's not very common. So I'm going to tell you how to grow your candle business. And in my class, I teach people how to grow a candle business with no following. It's very possible because I did it myself in 2018 when I first started learning these techniques. So I'm not wearing my glasses, so I'm going to squint if you are watching the YouTube live. Good morning to everyone who is tuning in. Um, So I usually do small business coffee like in the afternoon, but I'm attempting to do it before I open my store. So I usually open it 11 a.m. Central time. So right now it's around 10 a.m. So we're gonna try to get this done before I have to actually go and open my store. Okay, so let's get into, I'm gonna first start off with the timeline, you guys. The timeline of how I started my business. And this is like the realistic way, because I've never, um, you know, I don't say quit your business or quit your job in a year. I'm I wasn't that type of person. It's very unrealistic. I get people saying that all the time. So with this whole timeline, you'll notice that um, I it's it's a very like 
you know, it's a long timeline because like I said, I started in 2015. So I did not ever go like super viral. I didn't come into a whole bunch of money. I didn't just quit my job in a year. And during this time, I did, you know, have a baby. So I was a mom. I was trying to balance, you know, working, mom, handling a business. I feel like this is a very realistic timeline. It's definitely not a get rich quick scheme to try to start a candle business. Um, So in 2015, I had the idea, if you follow me, you probably know my story, so I'll try to just like (laughs) summarize it. I had the idea, I was working at like um, a insurance company, a pharmaceutical insurance company, and then I just didn't like it. I was like, okay, I'm just going into the office every day. It was just draining me mentally. So then I started thinking of what I could do. For some reason, I landed on candles because one thing I would do is go out weekly and buy candles from like Ross and I would buy tons of different brands. I wasn't loyal to any brand. Um, so yeah, I was buying candles and I said, well, let me just try making candles. And then I started doing a little bit of research. At the time, 2015, there was not a candle community. That didn't really start until 2020, to be to be honest. Um, So there wasn't a ton of information, but I was able to find enough information through forums and stuff to start making my first candles. Um, And then um, a few months after that, I did quit that job, but I didn't quit that job just to stay at home and candles. I quit the job for another job that would allow me to make my candles. So I was working full time and then I quit my job and I found a part time position working 24 hours a week. So um uh, yeah, so 24 hours a week. So I was making less money. So I did kind of have to go go through a little pay cut. Um, but I was doing little things on the side too. So I was working 12 hour shifts on Saturday and Sunday at a hospital. So that allowed me Monday through Friday to be with my, well, I wasn't, no, I didn't have a baby yet. No, Monday through Friday. And so I was working on my candle business. And then a year, two years later is when I had a baby. But so in 2015 to 2016, um, I was pretty much just dabbling. I had no idea what I was doing. So if you're starting a candle business, I really say, or just any business, the first year is just experimenting. Like don't expect to make profit the first year, the first two years even. Um, It really is a learning curve because there's just so much stuff you're learning for the first time because they don't teach you these things in school. They don't teach you accounting. They don't teach you... um, business skills in school I didn't learn in high school maybe you had a class a lot of people that I talk to one thing I like to ask a lot of people is do you learn these types of things in school majority of them say no so you are now learning all of these things uh, about business just like on your own so the first two years really is kind of just learning I wouldn't expect to be making profit or anything um so I continued to work and you know work on my candle business and to fund my candle business um I worked little side jobs. I delivered groceries. I bought things and resold them on Amazon um, and other and eBay and things like that. So yeah, and I will say I I was married, so I, we did have a dual income. So that was a privilege for me because you know there was two people in the household paying bills, and our bills were pretty cheap at the time. So it did allow me to you know, work part-time and then kind of use all the money I could for my candle business. So I didn't take any loans out or anything. I do have some comments, so I'm going to have to be an old lady and put these glasses on so I can read them. Um, 
let's see that happened on a personal tiktok video i made that went viral and then the numbers were low exactly so there's a lot of other people that do have the same experience with social media and i really really think that's what they're trying to do you guys um so yeah i was just kind of experimenting the first two years and then when i did end up having my son like early 2017 um it was just a lot. So I was like, okay, I cannot do this candle business. I'm going to have to like put that on the back burner because I have a new baby. <laughs> so for almost two years, I was just learning. I wasn't making any candles, but I was in my free time watching videos, learning about business, um, things I could do. And I didn't even really know if I had intentions or not to go back to the candles, but I just kept learning. So that's all I really had time to do. And then in 2018, when I finally was comfortable, I applied all of the things I learned and voila, I was like making sales. And I will say back in 2016, I was still making sales. Um, I joined Amazon Handmade. I was using the Amazon FBA warehouses to sell my candles and all of that. So I wasn't not making any sales, but it just wasn't, you know, anything crazy. But in 2018, um, after two years almost, of just learning and trying to figure out how to run an online business or business in general, I decided that I needed to change everything. And I was like, I'm selling candles online. These, this is something that people, when you typically go to the store to buy, when you buy a candle, you smell them. Like that's the first thing. And then online, you can't smell a candle. So why would people buy a regular regular candle if you can't even smell it through the screen like what makes it special when you could just go to walmart and buy a candle so i really got to thinking and that is when i started saying hey i need to really differentiate myself so i did some market research and back in 2018 the there was not a whole bunch of people making dessert candles and it's kind of crazy when you think about now because that's all you see but I will tell you, I wish I would have taken screenshots of Etsy in 2018, but there was maybe a handful of people making dessert candles. I would say I could count maybe on two hands how many shops were on there making dessert candles. And the people that were making them, I could kind of tell by the way that their Etsy was set up that they weren't very tech savvy looking at the pictures. They were very like dark. Um, it looked almost as if it was just a hobby. It didn't look like an actual this is my full-time job thing. It looked like someone was kind of making candles and we're just putting them up as a hobby. So there weren't a whole bunch of people making dessert candles. So I was like, whoa, I've never seen this. This is cool. And this is a really great niche and there's not a lot of people doing it. And by the looks of it, there's not a lot of people doing it seriously. So I started to go on YouTube. There was no videos. There was no videos. And to tell you the truth, there was almost no videos of any candle makers the only person that i saw um that was making consistent videos about candle making at the time was stanley handcrafted he was there was two people but he, but yeah there was two people and those were the only two people making consistent candle videos that i could see that i and i looked everywhere and so there was a couple people making one-off videos on how to make whipped topping but it was very low quality very like you know low quality videos and it wasn't a consistent type of thing. So I had to kind of figure it out on my own through forums and um, to give you some back knowledge on dessert candles, they aren't anything new. It's actually, if you see um, this behind me, this little booklet, is that the booklet? No, there's another book I have from the 70s. Dessert candles 
um, date back all the way to the 70s that I could see. I saw, I have a book where they're making um, ice cream candles that look like ice cream cones. So dessert candles were a very old art form and there used to be candle guilds where candle making was actually pretty serious and you would have to accomplish different skills to like level up in these guilds you know what I mean but that's not a thing anymore so back in the 70s it was actually something that people practiced and you know tried to like do really unique candle making skills so it's not anything new but it was kind of becoming a lost art and then so it, I just really had to figure it out so in 2018 um, I made my first dessert candle after months of practice. And these are very hard to make. They don't really follow the same rules as regular candles because you are putting a, um, a wax on top that has air in it because you're whipping it up like whipped cream. So there's different rules I've learned over the years to making these candles to actually make them burn correctly. So another thing I noticed about dessert candles back in 2018 is they were decorative. So if you see... Um, I have a, like if you're watching the YouTube live stream, in my hands I have a dessert candle, and this is what I was seeing on Etsy at the time in 2018. They were cool looking, but they weren't practical. So these weren't things that you would really burn in your house. A lot of them looked like ice cream, looked like cakes or cookies and things like that. They were very pretty, but I wanted to make something practical that looked pretty and that you could burn. And there really wasn't anything instructions out there so I had to really just figure it out but I was like if I can figure this out that would be really amazing because then that would be you know my thing and that's how I could sell candles online um, that's how I could sell candles online without people really concerned about the smell they would just think oh that's cute and then they'll buy it so in 2018 I launched my first candle it was it was in October of 2018 and it was a Halloween candle and I launched it on Etsy and then nobody bought it and so I was like okay let's go back to the drawing board so I went back so remember how I told you for two years when I first had my son almost two years I was just studying studying search engine optimization I wasn't studying how to go viral on Instagram or nothing like that I was studying how to use keywords to get people to buy my product so I went back to the drawing board. I said, nobody bought that candle. So how can I get people to my candle? Because I know it's really cool looking. And I know if people see it, they're going to like it. So this candle was a Harry Potter inspired candle. And it would look like a butterbeer. And I wish I had it on the screen. But it looked like a little um, drink. And it had foam on top. And then I put the, you know, a wax little embed of the... The sorting hat and I call it the sorting candle sorting hat candle which I had to change that name because it was actually copyright infringement but that's a whole nother story but anyways I put this candle up and I did my due diligence to look up keywords figure out what people were shopping for figure out what I needed to do to get people to the product with keywords through search engine and then the next month it worked and then it worked all through that holiday season that I had that candle up and I sold hundreds of these Harry Potter candles after learning about search engine optimization. Now, mind you, you see how I didn't say I went viral on TikTok because that's not what happened. TikTok wasn't back then, but I didn't go viral for these candles on any platform. I just learned how to use keywords and I was like, oh, okay, so it does work. So that was that kind of confirmed for me that you can really do 
a lot of sales if you know what you're doing and if you know your target audience and if you know who's going to buy your stuff and if you know how to position your product where it's going to land on page one of whatever um, search that your people are searching for, right? So to give you another example, um, and a Christmas came around and I can't remember if it's 2018 or 2019. It's one of those years. I actually have one of my first YouTube videos is about it. Um, I did the same thing for Christmas and I had a gingerbread candle and it was again the same little dessert type of candle with little gingerbread you know embeds in it and I was able to get that candle on page one on Etsy with keywords and everything I it wasn't just an accident it was actually a strategy with keywords and I got it on page one and it sold really well and then it was selling pretty good and then I noticed when I was you know checking my analytics that people were clicking on my link from a website that I didn't know what was going on. So if you go on Etsy, you can actually see if you go through your analytics, you can see if you if people are clicking on your candle from outside websites. So uh, this candle somehow, no one told me about it, but it somehow got featured on OprahMagazine.com. And so people were clicking on it from that link and it was a best holiday candles list. And again, I didn't get on that Oprah feature from going viral anywhere. It was from SEO. So what I think happened is that when these editors go and they look for, you know, their gift guides, they go to different platforms and they'll type Christmas candles. So what this editor probably did was type Christmas candles and they probably clicked through the first three pages on Etsy of Christmas candles. And one of my, you know, my candle was on the one of those pages. They're like, oh, that's cute. I'm going to feature it. So SEO can also get you featured in things. And some of my students have gotten featured in like, um, you know, seven, like other magazines, like online um gift guides. I can't remember the exact one of one of my students, but they've gotten featured in gift guides from doing the same thing. So I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, so I learned very early on back in like 2018 that learning search and learning about your audience is kind of what I needed to be focusing on. Um, so let's go back to my journey, right? So 2018, um, I'm making these candles and they're gaining traction. So I'm like, cool, people actually like them because um, I knew that people liked them from the reviews and then I was getting like returning customers, people posting about them, which was cool. And then I was like, let me go ahead and start a YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel didn't come until after I had learned how to do these things. And again, no candle community in 2018 on YouTube. It was two other candle makers and they were doing mainly like instructional stuff. And then for me, I wanted to do vlogs because I like kind of the creative aspect of making, I don't know, videos. So I was like, there's no one else doing candle vlogs. So let's get into it. Um, so I started doing candle vlogs, documenting my YouTube journey back in 2018. And that is kind of how I got started into the candle making thing and um, the whole purpose for the YouTube channel was because again YouTube is very strong in search so YouTube is obviously we know owned by Google so if someone types winding with candles you know my YouTube videos are gonna come up um, you know I'll come up and maybe on Etsy or something like that but YouTube is very strong in SEO and it's evergreen so unlike Instagram you know your posts kind of come and go 
well, YouTube, you're, it's kind of easier to find stuff from years ago, right? So I knew that early on. And so that's what I was like, let me go ahead and start a YouTube channel while there's really no community on here for candles. And let's just start posting. And again, my videos weren't getting crazy traction, but I wasn't you know, really worried about the views. I was just worried about creating a backlog of videos and things like that, um, and just kind of posting about my journey. So that's why I started the YouTube channel, and I figured I could connect with people easier, and it'd be, you know, it's evergreen. So it takes a lot of work to make any type of content, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube does take a lot more work, but it's kind of frustrating, especially when you make TikTok videos and you put quite a bit of work into those little videos and then they just kind of come and go people scroll past them after two seconds but i feel like youtube there's people who watch and comment on videos that i posted years ago so it makes me feel a little bit better that my hard work even though they're not viral crazy videos that people are trickling in and still watching you know things that i posted years ago so i'm going back to my little notes here so that's why i started the youtube channel also so um now let's fast forward to um yeah so when you look at all of those things that i did from 2015 to 2018 like i said social media wasn't a big part of it so if you're trying to grow your candle business and you are so stressed because you see someone posting and they may they have thousands of views and they're even selling their candles out they're buying these warehouses and all of that stuff like that's really cool for them but it's very rare like i said and if you are into having a candle business just keep realistic expectations and it's going to make it so much easier for you and you're not going to stress mentally over um you know if you're doing good enough or not so to give you a realistic timeline if you look at that timeline that's three years for me 2015 to 2018 before i even started seeing consist like really good sales that's three years and mind you back then there wasn't a lot of information out there so you may be able to get better information now than i did back then but that's kind of a realistic timeline it took me three years to really get started um, as someone who was kind of transitioning from you know to being a mom and having you know kind of job changes and stuff it took three years and plus who has money like I did not have money to just be throwing into um, starting a new business. I did not even have, like, at the time, credit cards. I just didn't have money like that. So I couldn't really just invest a whole bunch into my business. I remember hand cutting labels because I could not afford a Cricut machine. So I sat there, my husband and I, we would just sit there and hand cut labels. We would just cut them out with scissors. And that's very realistic, you guys. So um, you know, sometimes again, you see people with all this fancy equipment and you're like, dang, how do I get that? I didn't really take out any loans or anything. It was just very slow and steady. And then, um, it wasn't until, um, 2019. So I entered like this Etsy contest and you might've seen the video on my, my YouTube channel. So it was called Etsy HQ and they've only done it once. They haven't done it after that. I don't think they've done it again but it was a video like kind of a video contest and this was 2019 so i was kind of familiar with making decent videos because i was on youtube right so i knew how to make something look nice um so i was very shocked also because the amount of entries in that contest that it was very little i mean 
I would say less than 50 people from what I remember entered this contest and it was Etsy flying you out and kind of giving you this experience. And if you see the video, my strategy for that, again, I had a strategy like I always do. <laughs> so Etsy was like, submit your video by this date. So I was like, I'm gonna wait till the last day to submit my video. And I wanna see everyone who submits their videos. Cause you know, you have the different types of people, right? You have the people who are super, like ready to go and they'll just make the first video and then you'll have the people that kind of trickle in or you'll have you know the people that aren't very tech savvy so they'll just kind of make a little video so I wanted to see all the entries I want to see what people were doing and then I actually went to the little rules section like what Etsy was expecting and right there in the rules section I don't know if anyone read this but they were telling you what they were grading you on so I was like, I'm watching everyone's videos, I'm looking at what Etsy's grading us on, and I'm going to make a video. So I did, and I ended up winning. Uh, there was four winners. I was one of the winners of this contest, and that really did help me a lot to not only gain traction, um, but also boost my confidence a little because it was it made me feel like, okay, my product must be really good if Etsy likes it. So what the contest was, you had to do a video submission. I forgot what the prompt was. It was like um tell your customers why they should shop with you this holiday season and so i made my video <laughs> and my strategy was like everything looks good in slow-mo right so i was like i'm just gonna make a slow-mo video do some little voiceover whatever and so etsy all expenses paid flew us out they gave us tips on photography we got to go to their etsy headquarters they gave us tips on like search engine and all of that stuff and that was really awesome for me because again like I said it was just solidifying that I'm actually doing something here so that's interesting <laughs> um, but again what did social media did not have anything to do with that I made a post yeah but it, did, it wasn't like a viral thing it was just a contest and I just had a strategy to enter this contest and I won and um, that was really a great point for me. And then ever since then, Etsy has come back to me for other little projects. So that was another reason I really wanted to do it because I feel like if Etsy knew about me, then maybe I could like, you know, be involved with something which I have been several times. I've done like Etsy workshops with them and other little like videos here and there with them. So that was a really awesome um, experience. So don't be afraid. I don't know if maybe, remember I told you there wasn't a lot of entries. Don't be afraid of, um, you know, like showing up. So that's another thing I think that I kind of have that's a strong, you know, quality is I'm a kind of a risk taker. So if you compare me to my husband, my husband's very, he's not a risk taker. He likes to just be comfortable, but I always have to convince him to do the risky things. So for me, I don't mind failure. Like it doesn't bother me. So if, um, you know, I've had other little business failures in the past and I always see them as learning experiences. So I think that's another thing about growing a business is to not be afraid of showing up or failing or losing. Um, I could have very much so lost the contest and just been like, oh, well, I lost. <laughs> um, but you never know, like taking little risks here and there, very calculated risks. I'm not saying putting all your money into it and going broke but very calculated risk i think help as well to succeed in business because i think that really is the difference of someone who just kind of 
plans on starting a business and the person who actually does is just being okay with failing. It's not a big deal. Like, you know, if someone doesn't like your candle and they say it smells horrible, you'd be like, whoa, okay, why does it smell horrible? Then you go back to the drawing board. You don't have to be, uh, beat yourself up about it. I feel like all of those things are learning experiences. So um, that helps you a ton growing a business, really analyze what went wrong and then figure out what you can do to make it better, if that makes sense. So I'm not really, you know, afraid of failure. And I think, you know, that kind of helped a lot. Um, your candle journey on YouTube is my favorite. I've rewatched tons of your videos from different aspects. That's so fun. And that's why I also love YouTube a lot because a lot of people will say I, they rewatch my videos, which is kind of crazy. Um, and it just, it makes me happy to know that people actually enjoy the videos. So what did we talk about so far when we're looking at my journey? We're talking about don't stress over social media. Just do your thing, stay consistent, and learn your search engine and learn your analytics. Learn how to get people to your products with keywords. It is valuable. Not enough people talk about it, but it is way more valuable than going viral on social media. So if you learn how your search works on the platforms that you're using, you're golden. You don't have to worry about having followers, you're golden. And then also taking risks. Um, don't be afraid to take calculated risk. So even when I join a new platform, like say, let's say for FAIR. So FAIR.com is a platform I joined pretty recently, I would say within the past year and a half. It definitely hasn't been two years. Um, FAIR.com is a wholesale platform. And the reason I wanted to join that is because wholesale for me is a, it's a lot easier to sell... Um, more product, I guess, and to get higher order values. So some people see it as, oh, I'm selling my product at 50% off. But if you price your product correctly, and uh, if you're buying, you know, the right products at the right price, and you're not overspending on things, you can make quite a bit of money from wholesale. So that's why I joined fair.com because I saw the value in fair, and how easy it is for retailers to buy wholesale because previously before these wholesale platforms you had to have a line sheet like you had to go and i remember making a line sheet when i was first started wholesaling so what a line sheet is is a piece of paper and your um retailer has to go through look at the catalog uh, fill out a form, email it, or fax it to you. And it was a whole process. Then you had to do an invoice, blah, blah, blah. But when these platforms started coming out, it made it a lot easier for retailers. And I knew that it was going to be super awesome, valuable for, because they have, they're busy. Like people who own storefronts are busy and they don't have time to be going to their vendors and emailing each one of them. <laughs> like that's a lot. So I made it a point to join FAIR and my first, I would say almost year, it was very quiet. I didn't put a whole bunch into it. I was getting a little sales here and there. And then one day I sat down with my employee, Grace, and I was like, we're going to tweak some things and we're going to do some research. So I sat down on FAIR and this was probably just a few months ago. I would say maybe six months ago. I sat down on FAIR with my employee and I said, hey, we're going to see how we come up and search. So I opened an incognito browser just so it wouldn't have any memory. I like to do that when I'm like trying to see where I come up in search. I like to open an incognito browser 
So I know that that's for sure what people are seeing. And then I'll go and type in candles. And if I'm not popping up on the first three pages, I'm like, how can I pop up there? So I did that on fair and I realized we really weren't popping up. Like even if you typed dessert candles, we weren't popping up. So I went and I was like looking at, you know, our listings and I was like, oh, yeah, we don't have the right keywords. So we tweaked all of it and literally within a day we've got we got a wholesale order. And now on fair, it's becoming one of our faster growing platforms. And let me reiterate, this hasn't it had nothing to do with social media. I went on there and I saw, you know, how we could improve our search results, implemented changes, and then now we are selling stuff on fair and we're selling stuff internationally. We've got a wholesaler in, or a retailer in Canada who's placed like four orders with us already. I've got retailers, I have someone in the Netherlands who's placed orders with us and we have retailers around the country. And I believe last time I checked, it was near 40 retailers that we were supplying candles to. And this was with some tweaks. And honestly, I could do a lot better with um, wholesale because I don't, send emails as much as I should. I don't do promotions as much as I should. So that's just with keywords. That's with not really hitting wholesale the best I can. So if you do that research, you guys, I'm telling you, you could, you don't have to be some viral sensation. So that's the whole point of this podcast. I really want to hit that home to you to not stress out because it really does stress people out. The whole numbers thing and whatever, TikTok and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, not enough people talk about learning how to target people with keywords. So with FAIR, it's becoming one of our better platforms. I actually have some wholesale stuff going out today that I need to um, send out. So this year I focused on craft fairs that I've been signed up for. That's a good one. I actually did a craft fair. Um, I'm like taking my glasses on and off. I've actually done a craft fair just the other day and it was really nice. We had probably like a $400 day um, the booth was $50, but craft fairs for me, it's a lot to set up. <laughs> but there are people who do really, really well in craft fairs. So if that's your thing, and if you know how to talk to people, if you have your connections to shows that are doing really, really well, craft fairs can be very lucrative for you. But let's see, what time is it? I've got a f about 15 minutes before I have to open my store. So... Um, let's kind of summarize and you're here because you're like, how do I grow a candle business the realistic way? So I know sometimes you get people saying, well, um, start your email list, post consistently on Instagram, post consistently on TikTok. Um, I've even seen people like putting business cards in weird places. Like they'll go and put their business cards and go into target and not necessarily for candles, but just for like other businesses. I've seen them. Um, you know, just like slip their cards into weird places. That's not going to get you anything. <laughs> Put your energy where you really think it's going to matter. And for me, I'm going to like really give you some perspective on what I'm working on now. So we've talked about um, analytics and how important that can be starting your business. Because again, if you're starting, you're not having any followers on social media you don't have an email list so how are you going to sell these candles you have to have a niche remember i talked about that in 2018 i talked about how was i going to get people to my candles and sell them online 
<laughs> so you have to be very calculated with this and you can be very like narrowed down in your niche don't feel like you have to go too broad with it if you really enjoy let's say i don't know if you re i always use ex this example if you really enjoy um like cottage core i know that's something that is a very popular you know sub niche <laughs> a cottage court like you enjoy little mushrooms and those little you know woodsy fairy things there are people who will buy that type of thing from you who love that type of um aesthetic and they'll buy that stuff so if you have a business and you focus it around cottage core type of candles that is your audience or and you know even if you were going to scale that business i can think of retailers who would want to buy that like if you think about um like urban outfitters or um pottery barn those are the type of places that eventually if you wanted to scale they would probably be into that because it's those that little cutesy type of magical thing that their audience might be into or if you're into like dragons and um like dungeons and dragons and that type of role-playing stuff there are candle companies as of now that make um that are very big in that category that and that's their category. I can't forget. I keep forgetting the name, but there's one candle company in particular, and that's what their focus is. They're very like magical, mystical, <laughs> like um, you know that type of. If you think of like the Hobbit and that type of scenery, that's their niche, and they make really cool candles, and they have their own subcategory. So you have to figure out who can you sell your candle to without them having to smell it just think of it that way so if someone were to see it online would they think oh i want to buy that without even thinking of the scent first if you are just making a regular regular candle with no like um direction on who's gonna buy it if it just looks pretty like who's your target audience if it just looks pretty you know what i mean there's not really a target audience for that but let's say you're into scary stuff there is a target audience for someone who would like something themed like a creepy circus so if you made a creepy like caramel popcorn candle with a very cool illustration that reminds them of a creepy circus they may just look at it and be like whoa this is something i like and i'm gonna buy it i don't even have to smell it um so that's what you need to focus on trying to sell a candle online without selling the scent you know, because people aren't really buying candles online based on the scent. They're mainly buying them on the aesthetic, the connection to the brands or the candle or something like that. Um, someone says, I finally found my niche. I love different decades of the 90s. That is an amazing niche. That is a really good niche. De um, different decades of the 1900s. So that's what my candle is going to be centered around. That's really fun because I think you could get people interested. So if you say candle line based on the 90s, 80s, and 70s, that's great because there are people who really do like, you know, the 60s aesthetic or the 50s aesthetic or maybe even 1920s, like, um, you know, what do they call it now? Um, or you can say like dark academia kind of aesthetic. So I think that's a really great um, niche to have. Do you have someone I can hire to do my website very nicely? I don't because... <laughs> 
I DIY'd a lot of my own things. I'm very into learning how to do things. Um, so I have never really hired, and I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm cheap, but I am very like, I like to really think about what I spend my money on. So I've never hired someone to do a website, but I, I'm kind of tech savvy. So that type of stuff doesn't come too hard for me. Um, so I've done all of my own websites myself. Uh, but you can go on Fiverr. I know there are people on Fiverr who can help you do that. So if you want to search through Fiverr and find someone who can help you create websites, I think that would probably be your best option. So we talked about the niche, right? Um, that's what you need to start having your niche and learning how to sell that candle with keywords online. And then how do you grow from there? Like, how do you keep leveling up? Now, I didn't quit my job until 2020. So 2015 to 2020, that's five years. I was working for five years, my job while running my candle business, running YouTube channel, kind of getting everything in place. So it's not an overnight thing. If there's a way maybe that if you feel like maybe once you, let's say you start out full time working, and then once you start making a little bit of money from your candle business or you know other little things you're doing, maybe you can cut back hours a few years after that. And then um, you know I always suggest working while doing this because finances are going to stress you out so bad if you decide to just quit your job and you're just trying to hustle to make it work. Because then you're going to be doing things that just don't make sense. So give yourself time. Um, to really make it work. It's not an overnight thing. I know it's, you're probably in your head, you're like, I wanna quit my job so bad, but it's it's kind of the sucky part because we all are gonna be worried about how am I supposed to pay for, to live while I'm doing this candle business thing. So if you're really into it, it's gonna have to be something that you do alongside your regular work um, if, if you still have to work. So just keep working. Don't, don't try to quit your job because I didn't do that. I was very adamant about steps I would take before I quit. I had a checklist and I had to hit everything on that checklist, one of which the last thing was health insurance. That's the hardest thing about quitting a job is how am I going to have health insurance? Self-employed health insurance is a nightmare. So just really have that in place before you quit your job. Think about that. And another thing before you quit your job and if you do have health insurance, make sure you get everything done get your teeth done, get your eyes checked, get all of your checkups, use that health insurance right before you quit so that you can make sure like that you're good and you're not quitting. And then you're like, oh, I have to get a root canal next week when I don't have health insurance. So I made sure to have a checklist. I had to have, you know, this uh, six months savings, you know, um, saved up just in case for whatever reason, rainy day savings. I had to have my health insurance. I had to have like, you know, making sure our housing was okay. I had to make sure our cars were paid off. I did not want to carry a car note while being self-employed. So I had a whole checklist and it took me four years to check everything off before I was like, okay, I'm time to quit. It was not an overnight thing. So make sure that you are taking care of yourself and your family financially while you're doing this candle business. It's okay if it takes four years. I know that's a very hard number, but if you're really into your business, I mean, it's not going to feel terrible like cuz you're into it you know you're growing every day so when you're you launch your candle those little wins mean a lot so you launch your candle line and the first person that you don't know buys it like i remember you know 
a lot of family and friends bought the first round during my launch and then i had someone buy my candles in new york who i didn't know and i was like whoa who is this i don't know you and that first little thing was a huge accomplishment and every day you'll have little accomplishments that make it worthwhile and you're like it'll pay off one day so just be very financially um just be financially okay and read financial books. You don't want to get yourself in debt or invest in things that just don't make sense and just really have that in place so that you're comfortable and you're not putting yourself in this crazy position. Um, so yeah, have your niche and then make, you know, when people start buying your product and you have returning customers, you've got something that means that people like your stuff and then you can keep going forward investing into your candle business and kind of checking things off your little checklist before you say i'm going full-time with this thing and then um keep on learning keep on growing don't be afraid of little calculated risk you know so if you if it's your first time going to a craft fair if you get invited to do an event do the event don't be afraid don't overthink it just do it um, so for instance, I'm doing an event next week with 20 children. I've never done a candle making event with children. We're going to be doing sand candles, but it's a really great opportunity for me. So I said yes, because a lot of these kids are coming from the local school district. Their parents are bringing them. So their parents are going to be introduced to making candles. The kids are going to love it. And it's going to be very memorable for the kids and the parents. And they'll kind of stick in their brains, you know. So I've never done an event with kids, but I'm going to do it next week. So it's okay to do things you've never done. You know, if you want to start posting your videos online or, um, you know, if you're afraid to show your face, I've met a lot of people like that too. They don't want to show their face. They feel like they don't look good enough yet to start making videos. I've met so many people like that. They'll say, well, um, I just want to look like this before I make my videos or I have acne today, you know, or my hair is messed up or I don't look cute. Just make the dang video. <laughs> Nobody cares. We all are sitting at home looking at our phones looking the same way. So <laughs> nobody really cares how you look, you know, on video. As long as you're clean and put together, that's all that kind of matters. Um, so, yeah, don't be afraid to take those calculated risks and just keep on innovating and investing in your business so now you have me here in the storefront which i'm about to open the store in just a few minutes but here i am in my storefront so how did i get here so after i you know kind of started doing my youtube videos i just i did some more market research and i was like in 2019 i was looking i was like i get a lot of people emailing me I, they email me questions and how to do this and how to do that. And I try to help them or I try to help them in the YouTube comments. But a lot of it goes unanswered because I'm just so busy and it's not organized. You know, I don't go in the comments and see all that stuff. So um, I was like, well, is there some type of course or something? And you will be very shocked. I went, I did market research and this was late 2019. There was a lot of candle making online classes like just learning how to make candles but there wasn't an online class that was a candle business like was directly geared towards candle business owners like it didn't like in my mind I wanted a class that taught how to make candles and how to sell them with what I just told you before using search and all of that and there wasn't anything like that so I was like whoa again very great opportunity market research um and I've already established myself online because by this time I've have like a year of backlog of YouTube videos and I've been posting on Instagram consistently, not consistently, but I've been posting on there for years. 
And so people kind of know who I am by now. Um, so that's when I decided to make my online class because again, it just there wasn't anything like it at the time. And I launched that in 2020. And yeah, so I had two years of posting on YouTube. Um, and I had the foresight to do have an email list. So by then I had like 10,000 people on an email list. Um, and then, so I launched that and then it did pretty well. It did actually really well. And did I buy a new Tesla? No, <laughs> I could have, but I decided to invest in my business because that's what it's all about. If I'm teaching you how to run a business, I can't stand the people whose business is to teach people how to start a business when they've never started a business. Like I buy business classes, right? And the people I buy classes from, they have done what they're teaching you. So if I'm going to teach you how to run a business, I feel like I should do <laughs> what I'm teaching you, right? So my the whole reason I wanted the the storefront was wasn't really to just like be this wildly successful storefront. I knew it wasn't going to be because again, it takes time. I had the realistic expectation that probably in the four years that my lease is here, I probably won't make that much of an impact, but I'll learn something. Um, and I can take what I learned. And if I want to do it again and after and renew my lease or do it somewhere else, I can do it. So the storefront really was a teaching experience because now that I have the storefront, I invested into that because A, my business can grow and get more um, kind of like I guess reputation, I don't know, like, cause you know, I have a storefront. So now it's a physical store in town that people can come to. And now I know how to open a storefront. I know how to run a store. So again, I can teach people how to do that. So invest in your business, you guys, because it will pay off. If you really love what you do, you're going to keep investing in it. So for me, like I said, our car is a cash car. I, you know, I don't care to drive anything fancy as long as we're doing good and financially we can, you know, live without having to worry about money. I'm fine. I don't need anything fancy, big. I don't care. I really love just, you know, having the business and seeing where it can go. So that's why I invested in this business and it's really fun. I've met so many people and again, I'm hosting children next week. I get to work with kids and teach them about candles. I'm really excited. I'm thinking I'm going to... Um, do like give them a little pamphlet the history of candles and then I'm making a little goodie bag and I'm probably gonna dress up because it's Halloween almost but anyways yeah keep investing in your business so if you want to grow a candle business you need the niche you need to test the product to make sure that people are enjoying it and it's a safe candle we really didn't touch on that in, in this whole thing but I really do emphasize testing your candles making sure it's safe and then also if you have repeat customers it means that you're doing good so having the niche and then again solidifying yourself somewhere online with search so whether it be um you know, having really good search uh, on Google, or if you're having a YouTube channel, or if you have a lot of products that come up on page one on Etsy of your, you know, the niche that you're trying to target, really learn about search. And then, you know, you can start expanding from there, selling your products wholesale on fair, um, going to craft fairs, vending fairs, really start making your brand known and then reinvesting into the brand and then growing it. So it takes many years. It's not an overnight thing. 
But if that's, you know, that's just my timeline and my advice to you. And in that whole thing, I really didn't mention going viral on social media. Yeah, post on there, but don't worry too much about it. Just keep posting, connecting with your people and they'll find you. So let's see. It is 11.01. So I have to go open my store and I'm just going to see a couple of these comments. Thank you so much for this video. I was just beating myself up because of low numbers. I was in that position in 20, I would say 2019-ish. I was doing that, checking my analytics on YouTube all the time, um, wondering why if this video didn't do good, this video didn't good, do good. And I nipped that in the bud really quick. I haven't celebrated follower numbers. I used to celebrate, celebrate, oh, 10K here, 15K here. I stopped doing it. I don't celebrate follower numbers, follower number numbers anymore. I just post. I don't look at the analytics. I don't care about the numbers. I just post. And it makes it a lot easier. And trust me, people will still find you. They'll still find you. As long as you're just posting, don't overthink it. Um, I attempted to start my candle business two years ago and I could only imagine if I stayed consistent. Yeah, just keep going little, little, little by little every day. That's all you have to do. It doesn't have to be anything wild and crazy. Can you have a niche with inspiring and motivational quotes? You, you can, there are people for that. If you find a target audience that will buy stuff like that, then you can do that. Um, and thanks for this information. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Small Biz and Coffee. Again, I will kind of edit the video or the audio a little bit and post it onto Spotify and those other podcast platforms. Um, so if you weren't able to watch the video and you just want to listen, go ahead and follow me over on Spotify and Apple. Um, <laughs> Apple Podcasts or wherever that is so that you can go ahead and follow me there and get the podcast format but I'm gonna go and open my store and finish my coffee I didn't drink it but thank you so much for tuning in and I had an absolutely fun time talking with you all today and I will see you on the next one bye